Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness with your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. There's a train of coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the dealers coming. Don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. The train to Jordan Picking up passengers Coast to coast Bringing the key Over the dog and bottom Make the best choices 
in any situation when disaster strikes. Beginning all things in the name of the one God, the true and living God, the great I am that I am, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Grand Architect of the Universe, as he's called by some. This one, we're talking about this one or that one, who is responsible for your and my existence on the planet in this day and time. We're also talking about that one, that individual that's responsible for the planet and everything on it. Call it what you want. Just know that there's a force greater than you and I that's alive and well and that is at work, working on our behalf in order to bring us the best existence that we could have for the short period of time that we are here. Yes, you know, we um, think about 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, and we think that's a long time. Well, let's put things in proper perspective. How long has the planet been here? If you uh, talk to some of the... uh, Experts, when they cut into some of these large trees and they count the rings in the tree, they can tell you that the tree has been on alive or has been here 75, 100, 200, 300 years. And even that fails in comparison to the actual time that the planet has been around. So, again, we're just here for a fleeting moment. The question is, what are we going to do with the time that we've been given? You know, when you look at on a tombstone in a cemetery, it says, born, dash, or it has a year, dash, then another year, or dying or deceased important thing on there is not the born or the dead part, it's their dash. Because their dash says everything. The dash symbolizes what, or it asks the question, what have you done to justify that first number and that last number? What have you done to make sure that those that come behind you know that you were even here? Have you made an indelible mark on society? Have you left an institution, a, 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 a mindset, a question? Have you answered a question have you done anything that justifies the time that the almighty, all-wise creator blessed you with while you were here? And again, it's just a question. That's just a question that Brother Rudolph is asking. So again, we thank almighty God Allah 
for allowing us another day in his wonderful creation called life. We thank him for all that our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, our hearts have felt, all that we have experienced, because all of these things that we've experienced, the good and the not so good, because none of it is bad, it's all education, all the sum total that makes up who and what we are. And so we must have an attitude of gratitude, and that will determine our altitude at this day and time. So again, this is just your brother, Brother Rudolph Muhammad, coming to you, you, to disaster awareness for community preparedness. Got to take our engineering staff, Brother Forrest, Sister Yvette, and their family, Brother Jason, because every week they donate time that they can never get back. They don't have to be here engineering our show to make sure that we're, you know, on the air and that you can hear what we're saying. They could be somewhere else doing something else, but they choose to do this. And I just want them to know that I thank them for their sacrifice. And I thank them for getting, you know, getting it right because I can't do what they do. They know something that I don't know, which allows them to keep us on the air, even when there are technical difficulties. And then, of course, when it's out of their control, it's out of their control. So, again, Brother Forrest, Sister Yvette, Brother Jason, thank you all for everything that you all do. And now for my wonderful, able-bodied co-host who travels this planet like a comet. There's no telling where he is or will be at any given time. I thank Almighty God Allah for him and for his safety that he can be, that his family allows him and supports him and and helps him to be all that he can be. And we're talking about my brother and your brother. Yes, sir. Yes, Brother Yusuf is not answering the phone right now. He might be traveling. Uh, Read your your, uh, text on your phone and continue, please, my brother. Yes, sir. So we thank him for wherever he is and whatever it is that he is doing because one thing for sure and two things for certain, whatever he's doing and wherever he is, he's working on behalf of our people. That's just the way he is. That's the way he's built. So I thank him for that. So, 
disaster awareness for community preparedness. What are we uh, What are we here to do? What are we here to talk about? We're here to talk about best practices. We're here to talk about those things that, if done properly, if done properly, will help to save your life, my life, and the lives of those around us. If done properly, these are things that can help get us out of those jams when we get in there. What jams am I talking about? I'm talking about those jams from nature. When nature decides to do its thing and it collides with our thing. We're talking about natural disaster. We're talking about man-made disaster. And, of course, we're talking about those technological disasters that come up that you and I have no control over. Yes, what is a disaster? A disaster is when your resources are overwhelmed by the current conditions. What is a disaster? A disaster is when you fail to be in control of the situation. What is a disaster? And disasters can happen at any time, and disasters can be of any magnitude. You can have a disaster that totally, just totally discombobulates. You can have a disaster that's merely an inconvenience. You can have a disaster that takes your life. So disasters take on many, many shapes, many forms. The one thing that's certain and that's common about all disasters is a disaster happens when you cease to be in control of the situation. That's when you have a disaster. So our job for the next 90 minutes or so is to talk about some situations that may arise that if you and I, careful, could be our last. If you and I are not strategic, in our movements, it could cause the life of those that we say that we love. If you and I are not meticulous in what we do, it can be devastating and will be devastating to someone whom we are sworn to protect. And that's a situation that none of us will ever want to be in because one of the worst feelings in the world is to watch someone that you love go through something and you're powerless 
to help them. But that's what disasters do. So, give us a call at 563-999-3089 and press the number one so that you can be brought into this discussion on disaster awareness for community preparedness. And so it is not a monologue. It becomes a dialogue, and it has information that can help the entire family. Or you can log on at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash or forward slash black hole, W-H-O-L-E, radio, and then click on D-A-C-P. If you're logging on to the computer, you can listen to the show, and you can go into the chat room and ask whatever questions you have, and the engineer will bring them out live on the air. If you're on the phone, you can just listen to the phone, steal a hearing, as they say, or you can, like I said, press that number one, and you can get involved in the conversation. Make no mistake about it. Brother Rudolph is not the subject matter expert. You are the subject matter expert. So let's uh, do it. Here on Disaster Awareness for Community and Preparedness on this Friday, um, I, be- I believe this is like uh, the 10th of November 2023, this year is almost over, almost over. This is the Veterans Day weekend, Veterans Day weekend. And so we're going to talk about that and what that should mean Not that it does mean it, but what it should mean, Veterans Day. What does it mean to be a veteran? A veteran is one who has um, been a part of something and has successfully navigated a portion of it. Whether they're alive or not, they were a part of something and they've gone through it. And now for the end, to the end of eternity, they are connected to that thing in some way, shape, or form simply because they joined it, were joined on to it, allied themselves with it, assisted it, or were involved with it. So, again, Veterans Day. Veterans of the United States of America's armed forces. Now, there are many mixed feelings and a lot of controversy over that statement, the armed forces of America. 
like it or hate it. It is what it is, and many of us spent time and are still spending time connected to the United States military. And a veteran will tell you that if you ever read the contract, you would know that once you are a member of the armed forces of this country, you're never out. You're always just a thought away, an idea away, a crisis away, a letter away, or a phone call away. Because they have the right, depending on what your clearance was, depending on what your job description was, they have the right to come back and get you and reactivate you if it is for the good of the service and the country. And that phrase right there, for the good of the country, you know, uh, they, they, they use that very loosely. And that other phrase, um, um, what's that other phrase that they use? Uh, when they don't want to disclose things and they don't want to tell you about certain things, they use a phrase that says, um, man, what is that phrase? Uh uh, not public safety. Um, it, it, it will come to me. It will come to me. Uh, so again, we're talking about veterans day. So I'm gonna take this time to thank every veteran that can hear my voice. Every veteran who cannot hear my voice. To all of you that are out there, all of you may know a veteran of the United States military. Say a kind word to them. Thank them for their sacrifice, because unless you've been in the United States military, you have no idea of the sacrifices that servicemen uh, go through. You have no idea of the sacrifices that their families go through supporting them when they're in the United States military. And you have no idea of the toll that it takes on them mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So again, to all veterans that are out there, thank you for your sacrifice, thank you for your support, thank you for your protection. Because if it wasn't for the United States military, you know, think about the things that could happen and could have happened if it wasn't for the fact that the United States had that um, that uh, reputation that they had over the years of being who they are. And again, I'm not praising um, the
Brother Rudolph, check your mute button. A veteran of a foreign war or a veteran at any time and made a supreme sacrifice, call us up at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness and share it with the family. Because like I said, this is Veterans Weekend. And it's time for the veterans to get theirs. You know, the many different wars that this country has been through, but one in particular that stands out in my mind and that will forever leave a blemish on this country is the Vietnam War. Because the Vietnam War... Brother Rudolph, you there? Brother Rudolph, your volume is low, brother. Brother Rudolph. Brother Rudolph. Brother Rudolph Muhammad. that may have caused that to happen. These are the things that, you know, well, I, okay, I was alerted that I was talking and you couldn't hear me. I don't know what point I dropped off but I said, um, you know, think about the p- hundreds of people that you pass during the course of a day, and you look at some of our brothers and sisters in society, and unfortunately, sometimes the w- word that pops into our head is, look at that bum. Get away from me. Not really understanding the circumstances that caused that person to be in that situation, not understanding what actually happened in that person's life to get them to that point. And a lot of times we don't even care. We just carelessly label them and stigmatize them. But so many of our veterans are in that position where they are homeless, they are on drugs, They are addicted to drugs and alcohol. They are living less than their best life. And there are reasons for it. You know, we we can surmise that we understand, but I, I don't think you really understand until you've walked in another person's shoes. And we sit in our privileged positions wherever we are in life and judge people without being caring, kind, empathetic, or concerned about the circumstances that may have gotten them there. It's easy to just throw it out there and say, 
Oh, well, they made a choice, brother. That was their choice. You know, a lot of times in life, it may appear like you have a choice, but you don't really have a choice. And then when your choice is between Satan or the devil, what choice is that really? When your choice is one that's not really a choice at all, Oh, but you always have a choice, brother. You always have a choice is what we like to loosely say. Time will tell because each of us, unfortunately, will be in a situation where we will have to exercise a choice that doesn't have any good um, outcomes great outcomes, one may be better than the other one at the time, but in retrospect, when you look at it, down the down the, the wheel of time, down the line, what are the ramifications that will come from either of those choices that we find ourselves in that situation because someone else has orchestrated the circumstances around us, and now we're responding or reacting to the things that were done to us by others. All right, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to get back on a lighter note, uh, Veterans Weekend. So there are a lot of things going on Veterans Weekend. If you're a veteran out here and you have your DD-214 or your statement of service, there are a lot of um, things that you can um, take advantage of this weekend. There are a lot of uh, food places, restaurants, um, retail uh, merchants that are honoring veterans by giving them discounts, giving them uh, free meals, give, uh, um, giving them free stuff, you know, that they may need. And I urge every veteran that's out here, Go get yours, because you've earned it. And for every watch that you stood, for every day that you got up in boot camp and got humiliated, got um, um, degraded, got uh, degraded, got uh, uh, um, um, embarrassed, um, all of those things that Again, you and I that have been in there that we faced in boot camp, we know what it's like. So for every day that that happened, go get whatever is out here that's yours because you've already earned it. Forget what people think. So we're going to leave that open, and you can, uh, like I said, call in at 563-999-3089 and press the number one. Let's move on to another area. Uh, Watching the weather. Look at this weather that we are dealing with. And all over the planet, I don't care where you are, in what geographic location of the planet, the weather is not what it used to be. Either it's unseasonably warm, or it's unseasonably cold, and the worst is yet to come. 
we're a couple of weeks away from what they call Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I don't know where that name came from, but I know people who aren't too thankful about this time of year. And if we check the annals of history, you know, our first family, I don't think they're too thankful for what went on, where they opened their arms to receive some strangers in, and those strangers moved to annihilate them and steal their land and rape and pillage their women and murder them. People, uh, I'm talking about history. And I understand some of you may be saying, well, why are you bringing that up, brother? Why do I mean, what does that have to do? Because it's reality, it's history, it's a part of everyday life, and it's a part of a syndrome that continues to go on. So don't blame me because I shine a light on it. Let the light illuminate where it may, see what's there, and learn the lesson. Again, this is disaster awareness for community preparedness, and I'm your co-host, Brother Rudolph Muhammad, on the Black Hole Radio Network. Now let's talk about some other things that may be going on. So this time of year, a lot of families are getting together and they're going to be traveling. Um, Whether you're flying, whether you're driving, you're going by rail, going by bus, however it is, a lot of families will be traveling. Well, okay, all right, so you're traveling. What are you taking with you? What are you... Uh, preparing, are you preparing for the things that you may encounter, whether you know it or not? Let's let's start with the car. So you're going to take a road trip with you and the family, okay? First of all, is the car roadworthy? Is the car prepared to be out there on the highways and, and, and in the and the byways uh, of America. Have you winterized your vehicle? Meaning getting it ready for winter, meaning changing your fluids, uh uh strengthening your vehicle's ability to deal with the cold and keeping you warm on the inside. Does your heat work? Does your heat, are your heater coils good? Does the thermostat open and close like it's supposed to? What are your tires like? Do your tires have tread or are they bald? When was the last time you bought new tires? When was the last time you rotated your tires? When was the last time you checked or had your brakes checked? When was the last time you had your shop or your suspension system checked? 
These are just questions, family. Just questions. When was the last time your fluids were changed? When was the last time you checked your oil? You changed your filters, gas filters, transmission filter, the filter for your air conditioner. When was the last time that you cleaned the glass, took some Windex, sprayed it on and cleaned the road slip off of the inside and outside of the car, of the glass? When was the last time you checked your seatbelts? Because you know you don't wear them but you're getting ready to take a road trip and so other people are getting in the car, maybe they need to, will want to wear them. Do they work? Does your car leak gas? Is your car properly tuned up so you're not burning an excessive amount of gasoline? Are the fumes coming into the car more than normal? What's your exhaust system like in your vehicle? Okay, so that's just the maintenance of your vehicle. What are you carrying in the vehicle? Do you have a spare tire? And do you have a jack in the car in case you need to change your spare tire? And do you know how to change a spare tire? Do you have road flares or uh, reflective triangles or some kind of traffic warning devices in your vehicle that if your car did break down, you could put them out to kind of help make sure that you're in a safe location and redirect traffic around you? Do you have spare fluids in your vehicle? Do you have a spare quart of oil in case your oil is low? Spare transmission fluid for your transmission or uh, um, for your power steering? Do you have spare brake fluid? Do you have um, antifreeze? Do you have jumper cables? How is your battery? Is it new? Is it old? Does it have dead cells in it? Are the terminals corroded? Have you even checked? And then, of course, getting down to the nitty-gritty of it for me, do you have a go-bag or a, a kit inside your vehicle? One, a first aid kit to deal with first aid, but two, a go bag that has a change of clothes in it, that has toiletries in it, that has some bare change in it, that has just the basic things that you might need in case you get stranded somewhere and they have to leave the vehicle there and go on foot to safety. And do you have one of those in the vehicle for every person that's going to be in that vehicle? I'm not talking about that big, ginormous suitcase that you have back there. 
I'm talking about something you can strap on your back and get to walking if you need to get to walking. This one is just in general and mainly talking about people who are flying, taking Greyhound, or taking Amtrak. What are you wearing? Do you really think it's a good idea to travel in your pajamas? Do you really think it's a good idea to travel in flip-flops and not have proper shoes to protect your feet just in case something happens? I know right now you say, oh, Brother Rudolph, come on, man, you with all of this doom and gloom and stuff. Hey, call it what you must. Call it what you like. I'm just asking the question. But I guarantee you, you can say, you can say that Brother Rudolph is crazy. You could say that I'm a, 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 a negative individual. You could say any of those things you want. And all I will do is flip on the news, the, the TV and flip to any news station and show you a situation where what I just spoke on has happened, is happening, and will continue to happen, and there will be many victims of it simply because they did not take heed to the warning. Again, you have free will. Do what you want to do. You have the right to dress any way you want to dress. But when disaster strikes, what then? Just throwing that out there. Just throwing it out there, family. Do you have non-perishable food items in your vehicle just in case you get stranded somewhere? Do you have a map, a road atlas in your vehicle in case you get into an area where there is no signal and your Wi-Fi isn't working and your GPS on your phone doesn't work? Do you have a spare pair of glasses in case you wear glasses? Do you have spare or extra medication with you for the time that you are planning on being out there and maybe a little bit extra for maybe another day or two or three or four, just in case something happens, you get stranded, and you don't get back in the exact time that you were supposed to. Do you have your health cards with you or a copy of your health cards? Does everyone have proper ID in order to be able to present to someone else to let them know who you are, just in case? These are just questions, family. These are just questions. Have you checked the climate or the weather pattern for the area to in which you are going to to ensure that you have the proper clothing for that climate? 
keeping in mind the climate that you're coming from. That's a question. That's a question. Again, if you're taking the bus or the train, do you have your go bag with your stuff in it that you're going to need? And, of course, remember, when you're traveling by plane, it's especially um, a tricky situation because they're clamping down on the size of the bags that you can take on to the plane with you and then the type of items that you normally would carry, some of those things you cannot carry on the plane. So then what do you do then? Actually, your best weapon should be your mind. Your best weapon should be your ability to find, utilize, and create the things that you need from the resources that are around you. But unless you've studied this thing and are aware of the things that can be made, can be improvised and utilized that are around you, then you just don't know. Those of you who are, again, traveling again, remember, what time of year is this? This is flu season. But COVID hasn't gone anywhere. The COVID-19 numbers are up again. You're not hearing anything about it. Why? Because it doesn't suit the establishment to put it out there. They don't want to put the numbers out, which are just as high as they were before in certain places, um, and alter or make people afraid and stop people from traveling because they want your money. They want your money. They don't want to shut down the economy at this time, at the holiday season, because they're all banking on your money that you're going to spend to make them rich for the rest of the year. And you're going to go into debt until almost June of next year, if not longer. But that's your choice. That's, again, your choice. Brother Forrest, our engineer, he has a knack for finance. Um, And when I say that, I mean in the sense that he can make very plain to you the need for your economic disaster plan because he studied finances and knows the ins and outs of them, but also because he's a very practical person he can speak on it in a way where you and I 
can understand exactly what he's talking about. There's a sister here. Uh, I'm in Detroit, Michigan, and I go to Muhammad Mosque number one, and there's a sister here named Sister Sajda. And we've had her on the show before, and we have to have her back on the show because she has such a great program that she talks about, and I've affectionately named it Disasters on a Budget. But she can talk you through getting the things that you need to get and not having to spend a fortune to do it. So in the coming in the days to come, uh, we will have Sister back on the show, Sister Sajda Muhammad from Mosque Number One. If you're out there listening, sis, yep, I'm shouting you out because um, disasters on the budget is definitely needed, and we need to talk about it. So that's for anyone who, oh, 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 excuse me, excuse me. Yes, traveling, traveling, traveling. Any of you who are traveling or who are going to travel, please make sure that you go over your itinerary And give yourself enough time, especially if you're flying. They were saying two hours. Now it's three hours. You know, airlines are notorious for canceling flights, rebooking you. Know that when an airline cancels your flight and inconveniences you, don't get mad and just cuss people out and storm off and walk away? No. Get your money. They are obligated, depending on the time frame that they have inconvenienced you, to sometimes uh, uh, compensate you three, four, five times what you paid for that ticket. You have to know that in order to ask for it. So I just figured I'd throw that one out there. Your homes. The weather is changing. Have you, have you or are you in the process of winterizing your home? Those of you who have fireplaces, you may want to start thinking about throwing a log in the fire. Well, before you do it, have you had the chimney checked to make sure there's no dead animals up there blocking the chimney so that when you light the log, the smoke can get out through the chimney and not come back up into the apartment and kill everybody in the house because of the buildup of carbon monoxide, which is colorless, odorless, but it will fill up the room. And the late signs of it are that banging headache, those cherry red lips just before 
you go unconscious and die. Do you have a working carbon monoxide detector in your home? You're getting ready to kick on that furnace, that boiler. Uh, Has it been serviced for the winter? Again, these are just questions I'm asking. Call in at 563-999-3089, and let's talk about these things. Let's make this a dialogue, not just a monologue, because disaster preparedness is a community subject. It's a family subject. It's not just one person, and it's not just Brother Rudolph's way. Everybody has a perspective, and that perspective can help somebody else to get ready and get the things that they need to get when they need to get them when disaster strikes. So, again, this is um, a word to the wise is sufficient, as they say. A word to the wise is sufficient. You're listening to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness on the Black Hole Radio Network as we are coming up on the hour. Well, yeah, yeah, we are. As we are coming up on the first hour, um, call in so that if you have an idea of a topic that you want to talk about, call up so that we can um, discuss it in the open where everyone can benefit from it. Because this is a community show. This is a family show. This is not just a one-man show. I know it sounds like it right now. Do you have a plan to deal with disasters? Where do you live at? Where do you live? What is the most prevalent? Um, natural weather phenomenon that affects you where you live at? Is it hurricane? Is it um, tornadoes? Is it tsunamis? Is it flash floods? What is it? What is the natural reoccurring weather-related phenomenon puts you most at risk in the current geographical location where you live at? Are you prepared for that? 
just a question, family. Just a question. Do you know what to do if the ground beneath you? Do you know what to do if the a wall of water is coming to a neighborhood near you? Do you know what to do when the power goes out? These are just questions, which lead to other questions, of course, um, them being, do you have a generator where you live at or a way to supply the power that your household may need to keep um, basic things running? And whether it's gas, solar, I mean, it's whatever your um, family or personal economy can withstand, but do you have something in place is the question. It's just a question, family. Are you ready? Leave your home in a minute's notice and go somewhere else because your home has become uninhabitable for whatever the reason? Does every member of your family know if that should happen? where to meet up, and where to go. And now let's talk about a real major disaster right now, okay? Just suppose the cell phones went down right this second. What would you do? How would you communicate? How would you be able to let others know that you're doing okay? How would you be able to find out if your loved ones are doing okay? How would you be able to find out what is actually going on and where if the cell phones went down now? I don't mean to be scaring anyone out there. That's not the purpose of this, not to scare you. It's to make you aware. It's to make you aware of things that are happening, will happen, whether you like it or not, whether you prepare for it or not. You could be like the ostrich and stick your head in the ground, but when you do, there's another part of your anatomy that's still very prevalent and life will kick it. Make no mistake about that. These are just things to make you go, hmm. What are you going to eat when the supermarkets stop, when the trucks stop um, supplying food? 
Are you growing anything? Just a question. Just a question. Do you know anybody that's growing anything? Have you made a an alliance with anyone growing anything that you can get a green pepper, a ghost pepper, a cucumber, a, 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 a winter squash? And then what do you have that you can barter with them? Just a question, family, just a question. No need to uh, quiver and quake and hide and stick your head under the pillow. Just a question. These are the things that we need to be doing because there's still plenty of time to get ready if you're not ready, but you have to be doing it. Are we behind the eight ball? Systematically, yes. As far as infrastructure, yes. As far as a people, yes, we are. Individually, there's still time to prepare so that it doesn't have to be total devastation. All we have to do is Acknowledge the fact that we're not prepared every day. Start doing something to get you a little better prepared than you were the day before. Whenever you go to the store, pick up a couple of extra cans of something, something that you need. If you're not canning food, then what are you going to eat? And if you're thinking that you're going to stock up on whatever is in the stores or the shelves, okay, that only works for about three or four days after the trucks stop running and stop coming into the community, then there's going to be such panic and a run on the stores, stores aren't going to have anything in them. So you're getting those cans off the shelf. Do you have a can opener? Okay. So now you have the can opener and you have the can. All right, so you must going to eat it right out the can. If you wanted a hot meal for your family, how are you going to do it? Do you have a hibachi stove? Do you have a grill in the backyard? Do you have a barbecue pit? Do you have a Coleman stove? Do you have a propane stove? And if you have a Coleman stove or a propane stove, or a, uh, one of those types, do you have the sternos to go with it? Do you have the propane to go with it? Do you have charcoal for your hibachi grill or your uh, little barbecue grill in the backyard? Do you have the wood to burn? Do you have matches to start the fire? Do you have lighter fluid to start? Because most of you can't start a fire without lighter fluid. Uh, we, we just know that's a fact. Um, but, again, whatever. No shame. No shame. Uh, uh Get what you need based on what you know and what you can do. But everybody should be able to do something. 
everybody should be able to do something. Okay? So now, brothers and sisters, near and dear to my heart, of course, there's a medical emergency. How are you going to deal with it? You pick up your phone, you get the person that's calling right now cannot come to the phone. Please check the number and call again. Or you hear, we cannot place this call at this time. The systems are overwhelmed. Please hang up and try your call again. Or you do get someone on the phone and you tell them, um, I need an ambulance to such and such location. They tell you, um, an ambulance will be there as soon as possible, but we have no ambulances in your area right now. Uh, it will be at least an hour or two before we can get an ambulance to you. What do you do then? What do you do then? Do you know what it takes to know or what you need to know to sustain that life until help can get to you? To the emergency room, and it's dead packed. The line is out the door with people who are trying to get there dealing with their emergency. You know, again, from working in the hospitals, I can tell you this. When you hear the stories that this hospital is full, that hospital is full, there are no beds at this place, there are no beds at that place, that doesn't necessarily mean that every bed that's in the hospital has a body in it. What it means is that there's not sufficient staff to open up other areas that have beds because the staff has called off. Because remember, your doctors and nurses and CMAs and lobotomists and EMTs, paramedics and sitters and nurse techs. Brother Rudolph? Are you? Brother Rudolph. Yes, sir. Pardon yes, me for sir. disturbing your wisdom, brother, but we have a sister on the phone that wants to share a comment. Oh, well, let's bring sister on. Welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Uh, to whom do we have the pleasure of speaking to, and how may we be of service to you? Assalamualaikum, Brother Rudolph. This is Sister Karima from Detroit. All right, everybody. This is my twin right here. This is my twin right here. Yes. Everyone that's in Detroit, everybody in Detroit knows this is my twin. And and her husband know it. My wife know it. And, And our joke with them is when the disaster goes down, we're going to save them because they're in the same boat together. And we need them to know that 
your wife is who gave us this name. <laughs> right, right. That's right. Yeah, you need to know. Yeah, my wife already knows that this sister and I talk on a regular basis. And yes, her sir. husband knows we talk on a regular basis. So, you know, don't start no stuff. This is my twin. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, yes ma'am. I'm... How you doing, sis? I'm fine. All praise due to Allah. How are you? I'm well, praise be to Allah. Yes, come on and yes. join in this conversation. Because this well, sister right here, she she prepares not just for her house, but she prepares for her community. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And now, we're not going to talk say... about we're not going to talk about the stuff that we have. We're just going to yes, keep sir. it just. Yes, sir. For sure. For sure. Um, I was going to say when you were speaking about preparing and just start where you are, I tell people that all the time because if it's just one thing a month or if you go to the dollar store and put that $20 to the side and say, I'm going to, you know, buy these things from the dollar store, you'll be amazed at how much you accumulate, but you also want to be organized when you're buying things so that you'll know where the things are so you're not buying things that you already have or if the situation arises and you can't find what you have that's not going to do you any good and one other thing i was going to say with my family whenever it's my birth anniversary anything they know they'll either give me a gift card because most of them just kind of look at me and shake their head because i want something usually you know, that I can use That's right. later on. That's right. I want something, you know, I'm constantly, when I'm at Home Depot, I we there to buy something else. My husband, no, I'm going to disappear. I'm going to get a couple cans of um for my stove or I'm going to external. He's gotten to the point now, he just kind of look at me and shake his head. But I'm pretty sure he can tell of how many times the things he has in his trunk that I had to put there when he wasn't home, you know, had right. saved right. the day for not only him, but his coworkers or people he run into. So That's just right. start where you are. Just do something. Don't be caught not being able to care for yourself and your family. Just Just put in a little bit of work and you'll be amazed at, you know, what you'll be able to do. And every time you have a power outage or anything happens like that, think, okay, I was able to do this this time. What do I need to improve on? And one of the things a few years ago I realized I needed to improve on was making sure we could stay warm. And so that's how I do. I just kind of look, how can I improve? So thank you for letting me speak. You know how I feel about this subject, so hasam alaikum. Oh, yes, ma'am. Now, thank you, sis, for taking the time to call in. This is my sister, your sister, Sister Karima Muhammad from Box Number 1, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. You know, and you're going to see us in a few in a few weeks. You know, we're going to have some stuff on display when you come through. You know, we're going to try and do a little something, something. You know, if the powers that be allow us to for um, Savior's Day, we're going to try and have a real-life um, uh, um, scenario go on so that you can see that this stuff is real, but it's it, it, it's doable, and you can have fun doing it if you 
set your mind to it, and the children love it. The children love it when you present it in such a way that they can be involved as well. So, again, thank you, sis. Love you. Give you the greetings to your husband for me. And, inshallah, we'll talk soon. Thank you, Brother uh, brother Forrest. But now, you know what? But, Brother Forrest, since you're out there, since you out there, now, Brother Forrest is no stranger to disaster preparedness either. During Superstorm Sandy, Brother Forrest was one of the chief people that was organizing supplies and helped distribute them to people that were stranded in the Coney Island section of Brooklyn. You know, so just to let you know, uh, you know, he, he, he know a little something, something too. So, uh, you know, come on and say two things to the people. Um, one, involving finances. Two, involving the ability to actually do what you can do and not what's in your mind. And, and let me say this before you do that, Brother Forrest. I had a, um, a total knee replacement last year this time, and I need another one. So that puts me in a category with people who cannot physically do the things that I used to be able to do and cannot physically do the things that in my mind I think I can do. And so because of that, it makes me be realistic as to what I can and can't do. And so because of that, I have, it, it helps me to um, readjust my plans as far as where I can go where I can get to, the things that I can and can't do. So now I have to rethink about the things that I need versus the things that I want because when the thing actually happens, I'm going to be at a disadvantage simply because physically I'm at a disadvantage. So, you know, you have to think about that, especially as we're getting older, family. You know, remember, this is Brother Rudolph, who used to carry that 150-pound pack. Can't do it anymore. So I have to carry a lighter pack, but now that means I have to put more knowledge into my head so I can understand, well, where can I get the other things that I need that I'm not carrying? Uh, who's on the line? Oh, it's me, Brother Rudolph. It's Brother Forrest, brother. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, brother. The floor you were talking about the things you can and, can, can and cannot do. I wanted to put something out there for those who are, who are getting older. <laughs> we're going into our uh, senior years, which, you know, I don't feel like it. But I want to give a warning to all the listeners. If you have a loved one or yourself getting ready to go to the hospital, be careful what the doctors recommend for you to do. 
I'm going to use myself as a prime example. March 8th and March 9th, 2024, 2023, excuse me, I haven't gotten to 2024 yet. In a haste to get to my daughter's, my youngest daughter's college graduation, I agreed to do two procedures, have two procedures done on my heart back to back, one, one on the 8th and one on the 9th. And when I did that, when I went to my daughter's graduation at the end of the month or the beginning of April, I couldn't walk uh, with my shoes on because anesthesia will exacerbate every little sore muscle or joint that you have in your body. So I had too much anesthesia in my body, so my right foot was swollen, and I have a little bit of arthritis in my right toe, my right large toe. And I didn't find that out until I went to the podiatrist, I mean to the um, foot doctor. I want to make sure I'm not getting the rectum doctor confused with the foot doctor. And I, when I went there, he's like, my friend, you had two back-to-back procedures. That's why you can't walk right now. So it took three months to get that anesthesia out of my system. And that's a lot of drinking water, a lot of drinking, a lot of things. So be careful what you let your doctors talk you into. Just because they have a white jacket on, and a bunch of plaques on the wall don't always make them correct. And I wanted to add that to your conversation, brother. Brother Rudolph, did we lose you? White coat syndrome. <laughs> and I normally don't have white coat syndrome. I'm, I'm the most I'm the most skeptical patient they have in the whole wild Cornell system, you know. You look, you look in the dictionary for skeptic, you find me. Let's It's for real. People believe that anybody that walks into their hospital room with a white colon, one, they think anybody that walks in is a doctor, and two, they feel that anybody that walks in with that white coat knows more than them, so they don't say anything. Let me tell you something about yes, the medical field. The medical field is, and this is why they call medicine a practice. Because what's ruled today is obsolete tomorrow. When you interact with your health care provider, we ask you a bunch of questions, like an investigator. We're investigating you. And based on what you tell us, then we take the data that you just gave us and we plug it into our uh, supercomputer, so to speak, and then it spits something back out to us. And that's what we go with. Now, understand this. And my wife hates when I say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's a show that I used to love to watch. Some of you may have watched it. It was called House, M.D. It was called House. And one line that House used to always say was, they used to ask House, why don't you talk to patients? He would always say, because patients lie. And that's the truth. Patients lie. And they either lie in the sense of omitting things that should be said or in the sense of 
uh, well, that omission of things that should be said in the way of either consciously not saying it or it just doesn't come to their mind at the time. But all of that is is necessary information that needs to go into that equation before that healthcare provider can spit back out the program to help get you back to health. So if you yes, omit information or out downright lie about some of your situation uh, 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 signs and symptoms, how do you expect that healthcare provider to come up with the right formula for you when they don't have all of the information, the necessary information that they need. So I'll simply I'll say it this way. If your PCP, primary care provider, is not someone that you're comfortable enough with that you can tell them anything, no judgment, you don't have the right PCP. Because your relationship with your primary care provider should be of such that there are no secrets from him or her. Because but those Rudolph? secrets, yes, sir. I'm sorry, but we got a caller getting ready to come in. But I wanted to ask something before the caller can come come in, comes in real quick. Yes, sir. So in case we run out of yeah. time, one one of the most important things I want people to learn about the medical field is this. I'm blessed I have pharmacists in my family. And the pharmaceutical companies send reps out to all the doctors and all the medical institutions to teach the doctors or to inform them on the new medications that come out and what the side effects are and what they are. This is rapidly changing like three times a week. Then the doctors have continual education. Then most of us on this line, maybe not all of us, but most of us are um, melanated uh, ancestry. So that means we got we are black. Most of us on this line, the studies they do are for white folks. They're not for us. When they say we we tested a hundred people, we tested a hundred people. Well, okay, you tested a hundred people who are five foot eleven, who weigh one hundred twenty five pounds, and this is what your standardized dose is for these kind of people. I'm six foot two and I weigh two hundred and eighty five pounds and I've been six foot two, two hundred and twenty five pounds since high school. So this is this my my physical makeup is totally different than a white man. But just for the fact I can walk in the sun and don't get burned, you know. But I want everybody to take that into consideration. I want to bring the call on so she can ask a question and maybe I'll come back in, Brother Rudolph, we got time. Yes, sir. Call, you're there. Where's the slime This is um, Sister Toy Muhammad from Newark. Some Lakeham brothers, um, Rudolph. I, I really want to say that, <laughs> that we as black women are the most not listened to in the healthcare field. We um, have, we're not listened to in from healthcare. Our concerns. Our um, needs are not as such as someone else or other people. 
So you have to advocate for yourself, and you have to know your body. You have to really be truthful with yourself, either you're taking Western medication, supplements, and we don't even tell our doctors that we're taking supplements, and some of the supplements have side effects with some of the medication that you're taking. So we have to be truthful. If you're not truthful with anyone else, be truthful with your health care provider because you're trusting them with your health, your mind, your body. And to get back to what you were saying about how your mind thinks that you can still do all the things that you were doing before, and your body is like, yeah. oh, no, I can't. No. And we're not listening. We're not listening. Right. We're not listening. So a lot of times you wake up, you do something that you may have did yesterday, and you can't do it today and try to figure out why. you got to learn how to do it differently and learn how to not hinder, harm, or hurt yourself. Because we don't heal as fast as we did when we were 25. When I'm 55 and I can't heal as fast as I did when I was 25. So we have to be very careful. And, brother, it's so crazy because they ask you when you have procedures, when was the last time you had a procedure, when was the last time you had anesthesia for what happened to you not to happen. And a lot of times some people don't believe that, I always tell them if I got to go under anesthesia, I don't like getting put out or put under. So you got to do something else because I don't do well afterwards. It takes me weeks to get myself back together, not days, but weeks. So right. you have to know your body, yourself, and advocate for yourself. If it don't sound right to you, ask someone else that's a medical professional. Don't just take that person's one view or one opinion. That's all I have to say. Well, sister, no, no. Thank you. I think sister was addressing. I, I think was addressing a point I made about myself personally. What happened in March, and I wanted to say that you're 100 percent correct, sister. But my my problem wasn't that I listened to the doctor. My problem was I was being like, um, what's the word I want to look for? I thought I was being expeditious and getting myself to my daughter's graduation. So I needed the two procedures. If I'd have waited two weeks, then I would have had to wait another two weeks, and then I had to recover for two weeks, and I would have missed my daughter's graduation. So, again, goes back to what you said, sisters. Uh, I shouldn't have did that. I should have just been like, okay, we're gonna do this one procedure, and after my daughter's graduation, I'll do the other procedure, because it wasn't life threatening. It was uh, it was uh, what they call um, elective surgery, <laughs> so to speak, right? Because one was to uh, the second surgery I did was to um, update and to a new improve uh, defibrillator that I have in my chest because I'm a heart patient. So I shouldn't have did it. And that's what we have to fight our temptations to, like, you know, Savings Day is coming up. Everybody wants to be in Detroit. Okay, beautiful. We all want to be in Detroit. And you've got a me- medical problem. So you have, to, you have to weigh being in Detroit or being in the grave. Uh, I think I'm about to watch the Savings Day from uh, my house this year and Can let I? my wife tell me how the glorious uh, <laughs> things that happen at Savings Day. Can I, can I say one thing to you, and Brother Rudolph can say yes or no. My husband, may Allah be pleased with him, came to Savings Day in 2019, when COVID started, 2020. Unbeknownst yes, to ma'am. us that his platelets were in a danger, dangerous uh, level. He when we came back, we found out that Monday that his platelets actually had dropped to an 85. 
And he was functioning mm. at Shady J like nothing was wrong. And um, I kept saying, do you want to sit down? Do you want to sit down? Sit down. Remember, Brother Rudolph, you kept telling him, Brother Kevin, sit down. You good. And what? he wasn't listening. But in hindsight, I think he knew that was his last day. And his body functioned like it was nothing wrong. But sometimes we have to listen to ourselves and be, be strong enough to say, you know what, I can't go. I can't do it. And and sometimes our pride in us thinking that we can get through it or get past it sometimes supersedes our rationality. So I, I just say be careful with yourself. Take your time because you don't you wanna be here for those milestones in your family's life. You don't wanna struggle and then something happened and you're not here. And then they're sitting there like, Why what happened? What happened? What happened? So you have to sometimes, yes, we love going to Savings Day. We love going to events, but we love ourselves more. And do for self is important. So that's all I'm saying is just be careful with yourself. Your family loves you. Allah loves you. And yes, Allah sir. knows your heart. Yes, ma'am. Well, that's sister, you, you, I'm, I'm hijacking Brother Rudolph's show today because I'm going to tell one more true story. Ramadan 2016. Ramadan 2016, I'm going to fast. Yes, ma'am, I have a bad heart, but I'm going to fast. So I fast. I get through the whole Ramadan. But the the day after um, Ramadan, I was put in the hospital for 35 days because what? my body, my heart couldn't take being dehydrated during the day. I couldn't, yeah. My body couldn't take it. So right. I put myself in crisis. But you know what the minister said, and he says now you he's our example. He said he can't fast like he used to. You can do other things that 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 are equivalent to the fast. That's why I said you have to know that Allah loves you and knows your heart. You have to know that what you do is best for you and nobody else. Um, fasting is private. It's between you and Allah, and Allah knows your heart. There you go. There you go. Yes, sir. And, and guess what, sister? Just to prove your point again, I got to tell another true story. The last couple of years, Brother Kareem Muhammad and myself have been going on the street. I cook the food, and we feed at least 25 to 50 people uh, during Ramadan with hot meals. So you're right, sister. There's other things you can do that won't that won't kill me, you know. But I'm, we, we're sharing information with the people about the disasters that everybody wants to prepare for. The, the 250 pound gold bag that Brother Rudolph, I can bear witness, used to carry around New York City. I used to ask him all the time, Brother Rudolph, why are you doing that, brother? <laughs> That's too much stuff, brother. Get a car, brother. He can put this in the trunk of the car, brother. You know why? It's because he was in the military, and that's what we do. Because I had the same so gold bags, to too. You talked to a former Marine Corps officer. I'm telling you, that day got nothing to do with it. Brother Rudolph, special.
And now I really realize when my grandmother used to say, baby, I can't do that no more. Baby, I ain't eating that. Baby, I, I, and I was like, well, you just ate that yesterday. And then she was like, no, nah, I can't eat it today. I understand clearly.
Hey, brother, that just show you, that, that shows you how gentle we are. You told me to go to the hospital. I got in my car and drove myself to the hospital instead of calling the ambulance. <laughs> right, right. You know, for precious things to a love, brother. We're Medical still here, brother. Medical people are the hardest people to take care of themselves. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. We, we make the worst patients. Yes, you do, Brother Woodhouse. I got to bear witness to that, Brother. I don't want to tell you this is on the air, Brother, but you are the hardest person to get to conform to your own advice. Uh, well, I guess my wife would, uh, would, would bear witness to that, too. Yes, sir. I think she would, Brother. Yes, sir. Uh, Thank God she's not on the line. Yeah. Uh, Don't mean she won't call in, though. You're right, bro. Let me not talk her up. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's just a beautiful thing, though, to be able to have a certain body of knowledge and to be able to use it for the benefit of yourself and your family. And all praises are due to Allah. Thank, I thank my father, the late Commander James Rocky Robinson, for starting the Bethel Stuyvesant Volunteer Ambulance Corps and forced yes, sir. to get into that field and not just get into it, but to master it and to excel it. So I thank him for providing the opportunity that otherwise would not have been provided for us at that time. I've been with this, brother. So for all of us that became EMTs under his regime during, you know, he's proof that one man and and does make a difference. Yes, sir. So, yeah, yes, sir. So that that that's my that that's that's my promo right there for the Bedside Volunteer Ambulance Corps in Bedford Stuyvesant, who's just now expanded into the East New York Brownsville section of Brooklyn um, since July fifteenth, nineteen eighty eight, and still going on. And to the new generation that has taken over the day-to-day operations, keep it up, keep doing what y'all are doing, because y'all have kept the history and you've improved on it, and that's what every organization needs. It needs that young blood to come in there and move with the modern day and time and apply the newer technology that's out here without sacrificing the history and the mission. Yes, sir. Brother. All, right. All praise to the Lord. We take a for the birth of, of Commander Robinson, brother. Yes, take sir. Take a for his birth, yes, brother. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and while while we're again we're talking about disaster awareness for community preparedness, and we talked about the medical, we talked about the go bag, we talked about. Uh, you know, giving honor to the veterans for their sacrifice. Let's talk about fire safety. We we would be we would be derelict in our duty if we did not mention fire safety in this because 
This is that time of year that people are going to be using the stove to heat up their apartment because it's cold and they don't have heat. Well, if you're going to be using the stove, and not that I'm telling you to use the stove, but what I am saying is that make sure that it's a pan of water in the stove. Make sure of it. Because the gas that comes from that stove alone will kill you. But at least if you're cooking something or heating up something and the heat is the byproduct of it, you can cut some of that gas. That's just my PSA right there. Do you realize that if you had um, some, some of those red bricks, a couple of those red bricks, and you put them on the eye of your stove and let that brick get hot, you could turn your eye off, and those bricks would maintain heat and still radiate heat for quite some time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, brother. I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay, family. We we lost Brother Rudolph there for a moment. Uh, we have 15 minutes left in the show. I think we answered all the questions we can answer right now. We're gonna we're gonna uh, end the show today a little bit earlier. As far as Muhammad, thank you all for calling in. Thank the sisters for participating, and please call in next week at four o'clock and listen in. And please ask some questions for us. May Allah and Almighty God continue to bless everyone on the air. So thank y'all for calling in. Have a beautiful weekend.